Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo! We are back again. Thank you so much for hanging out here with us on the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes, and this episode, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode because it's a perspective. It was kind of the whole point of House of L was to give perspectives like this that aren't necessarily connected to just the people that we see in front of the camera or behind the microphone, but the folks that, that help make our sports lives, in some cases, and our broadcasting or writing lives more rich and diverse. I had this idea to talk with Mark Brady because I've known him since I started in the business. And he's got one of the best jobs. Like, his job's hard. I know often we talk about these jobs and you know, they're still jobs. Folks still got to get paid and they have to work hard and, and they have to have these crazy hours sometimes. But it's so much fun. And I, I'm so looking forward to you hearing this episode. But let me just tell you before we get started. This podcast is brought to you by people like David Hochberg and Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. If you're buying a new home or refinancing the one that you're already in, you should call him. Tom is retired. Social Security income, thirty grand a year with over $2 million in retirement assets. Go do you, Tom. Tom contacted three banks to refinance the purchase of another home in Florida, and they all told Tom he didn't qualify. That man got $2 million. What do you mean he's not qualified? So he called Team Hochberg for a free consultation. Team Hochberg helped Tom refinance his Illinois home and purchase a home in Florida using an asset depletion loan. So let's review. Before calling Team Hochberg, Tom was told by three banks he couldn't refinance or purchase a new home. After calling Team Hochberg, Tom lowered his rate and monthly payment, refinancing his current home, and purchased a new one. Team Hochberg has helped thousands of my podcast listeners use their retirement assets to refinance and purchase new homes. Like they helped Tom, but they can't help if you don't call. 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. Tune into Home Sweet Home Chicago, hosted by David, Saturday mornings on WGN Radio, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. So I got the idea to talk with Mark Brady because his name is mentioned a lot on broadcast. If you watch White Sox games or you watch Bulls games and there's a time when you watch Cubs games, his name comes up. Mark Brady is the little voice in the ear of your favorite broadcasters. And I love that in this episode, he talks about the show inside of a show. If you are interested in the way that this stuff works, if you want to know why Jason Benetti is doing something or why Stacey King is doing something, a big reason behind it is because Mark Brady asked them to do it and prep them to do it, and is prepared each and every game and broadcast to do it. The other great part about this episode is his role in Bulls championship basketball. We all saw the last dance, but this guy was in it. He was on the buses. He was 
watching them travel as part of the broadcast team. So he's got some great stories about those glory days of Bulls basketball as well. You're going to love this. This is executive producer extraordinaire, Mark Brady. Well, a 7 o'clock baseball game versus a 7 o'clock basketball game is different because the baseball game, you're playing a series. You can be thinking about that game. You're doing the next game on the first game, preparing for that game, setting up an entire series where you're like, all right, this is going to make Sunday work for what I'm doing on Friday. With a basketball game, because it's a one, it's usually a one and done, I'm usually about 8 o'clock, well, usually the night before I'm working on it. Because there's certain things that you have to start start in motion. And whether it's a graphic that you're thinking about or, hey, we're playing, the, we're playing New Orleans and we have three players on our team. We have two players on our team that grew up in a certain part of North Carolina. And then they have a guy from another part. So you're thinking about that three days in advance so you can get maybe some special stuff going. But the, the, the actual grinding of that day, 8 o'clock, I'm usually texting Adam or Stacy, Or actually, we have a group text. We'll, we'll text around 8 o'clock. And at some point, talk basketball about before nine o'clock. But most of it's talking about what we just saw on TV that night. Okay, I mean, I mean what are those text messages like? Like, what? Oh, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> like, well, most of them, unfortunately, can't be spoken about. But they are. It's just funny because we we literally it's it's a it's a big it's a running joke. By usually by the time game time, we're still making those same fun jokes. Whether it's somebody got dunked on the night before, did you see what just happened? I can't believe that I can't believe that he did that or 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 we should trade this guy, which we won't talk about that or it's just it's just really. And then those type of conversations lead to what we're going to do in the open where we're like, OK, but seriously, what about this? And we got to stop and beat. We got to do that. But it's it's a, if you're a basketball fan and me, it's like being on the inside of like the most awesome conversation in the morning. Does your brain ever stop working? Like, I always wonder when you're talking about people that are this involved in the creative aspect of what it is we see on television. Can you even watch a game without the... the no. That's no, what I was wondering. No, no, no. It's, well, it's always... And, and, and it's funny because um, nobody likes to admit it, but we're always copying each other. And when I see somebody else do something, I'm like, oh, that was cool. I can do that a little bit better, though. Like, I'm always taking, like, the Reese cup and being like, what if we use white chocolate? So it's, 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 it's more, oh, like, I, I love, like, other people's ideas, I, have, I won't lie to you. I have taken them and made them my own or made them Chicago, where it's like, that's cool. That's what you all are doing, but now we're going to put some jardinera on it, and it's going to be different. It's going to be hometown. You're going to know it's from Chicago. So, no, no, I, I, no you're constantly, or you're, or you're watching some else do something you're like why would you do that uh hmm, why would you do that so it's no it's a it's it's unfortunately you're um you're blessed and you're also cursed by it because you're always constantly like you're working when did you when did you start at wgn well I, I i graduated from columbia in 92 so in 92 i worked for sports channel from 92 to 98 doing uh white Sox and bulls with the wgn in 98 and that's when i switched over to the cubs that's what i thought because i'm like i feel like we crossed over at mm -hmm. gn because my internship was in 97 and then they yeah. asked me to be a producer there in 98 i was like i okay. know we crossed over there but i was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like I'm just Mm -hmm. Yeah, just barely, because because then a year yeah. later I went to the score, and yep, I've yep, been there yep. ever since. Yeah, yeah. So so I got to ask you, as someone who lived through this and worked through this, what did you think of the last dance? Oh, the last well, <laughs> the timing of the last dance, like for the average Chicago person that I'm 51 years old, the last dance was like watching the Ten Commandments. It was, I mean, we were in a pandemic. We were in a pandemic, and it was the only thing new on TV. It was fresh new TV. Like, that was every Sunday night. It was, oh, did you see? Did you see? Yeah, we just saw. We were actually lived it. But did you see? Did you see? It was, it was the Godfather. It was everything. So, no, it, and, and it was still things, despite living through it, 
where there would be moments where I was like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But no, it was, it was epic when I lived it. And, and you knew you were living something epic. So it was to actually see it then and prove it was epic, yeah. The Last Dance was everything. I think that you're 100% right. Because, I mean, I guess we were having this socially distant watch party all across the world mm-hmm. when it when it came out. And it was one of the first times when the pandemic wasn't the main thing that was being yes. talked about on Twitter. Yes. It was the good old days. We were looking back at the good old days. Look, we're outside. Look at all those people in the stands. Oh, and look at the Bulls. The Bulls were the best team in the world, right? No, it was. It would have been all good without the pandemic because we were celebrating the greatest era in Chicago sports. I mean, no other team in Chicago sports lived up to what they were supposed to be. Like the Cubs, they won one one ring out of that. Yeah, that was cool. The Blackhawks got three. That was cool, but they should have had. You kind of feel like they could have got five. Mm-hmm. The Bulls won six, and the two they didn't get, it was like, yeah, because we didn't play in that those two years, so we kind of won eight. So, you know what I mean? Like that was that was like somebody in New York going back to watch the great Yankee era or even the the great Celtics. It was our time, and we were young during that time. Like it was as good as it as it could get. What's something that blew your mind from it? Uh, Michael. Michael still, no matter how intense you thought Michael was, he was still more intense than that, than you thought. Like, I knew this. I traveled on a team playing. That was the era where I was a stage manager. So I was sitting on the sideline next to Johnny and Tom Dore. He would dust them off, and I would say he dusted me off as well. But so I didn't travel with them until like 97, 98, just a little bit. And I knew that he was an intense guy, but I didn't realize that he was on an island that much by himself. Mm. Like it was, it's almost, it was slightly sad to see that what he had, he couldn't be a part of the joy of it because he was it. There's a level of petty too that, that, you see with him that you're like, oh, wow, that was real petty. No, 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 no. Michael told me getting off the plane the, the night he got the double nickel, Lou Canella set up a one-on-one that morning with Michael. We were at the plaza. And I'm sorry, no matter, it's only a couple of guys I get nervous around. I get, Michael gets around me. It's like, okay, I'm going to step back and just start trying to, you know, let him see how nervous I am. But I got on the elevator and I had a Fila jogging suit on. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not doing the interview with you if you're wearing that. I'm like, well, hold on a second. I don't have a contract. Come on. And he was serious as a heart attack. Like, take the jacket off. Michael was petty. But I think that's what made Michael who he is. Like, maybe that's what you have to be petty. Um, uh, Elon Musk is petty. He's fighting over who's going to get them out of space first. Come on. Isn't that petty? Like totally those petty. cats are petty. What's something from that era that you witnessed that you can share that you still don't believe that you saw? Just getting off the bus, getting off the bus in Philadelphia and feeling like I was, I, I would, I walked off the bus and being in that aura with him to see the way people looked at you because you were walking with Michael. It was little. It was like you were a god. I mean, it was, oh my god, you're with Michael, like yeah, like barely, like if you'll notice, I'm about 18 people deep. But yeah, that was, I mean, you would see outside the locker room like Janet Jackson waiting to get in. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was, it was nothing like it. The, the chills that he was responsible for on my on my back, sitting there, it was it was like being at the Beatles, Michael Jackson. And then in what I dug in, in basketball in Chicago, growing up a kid in Chicago who went to go see the Bulls for his birthday, and we'd, we'd, we'd get the tickets that day when we got there to go see Reggie Theus throw up 30 and the Bulls lose by 20. And to see that we were the best team, we were the Lakers, it was an amazing era. Who's the, the person that, that outside of Janet Jackson that you saw roll up and you were like, come on, this can't be real life? 
I would say Denzel. Only, okay. And, and most and mostly because I was la- I was looking slightly over his head, where I was like, "Wow, you're a smaller guy, Denzel." <laughs> like the coolest thing about it was like, "Damn, I'm bigger than Denzel." But like Denzel, Denzel, uh, Chris Rock, um, Denzel, Chris Rock, those would be the ones with because they were like literally stars then. To see the stars there looking at him, I um, and we went to L.A. I traveled with them to L.A. And to look around the court and see every childhood hero around the court, like whether it was like Billy Ocean, it was just amazing. How would you describe the difference in intensity of feeling as you're walking into a basketball game versus walking into a baseball game? Well, the difference usually is a basketball game is a lot more like a concert. It's a lot more like especially those era, those Bulls era. It was like walking into a concert. But even now, being on the court before a basketball game, your head's bobbing, you're pumped up. Baseball is baseball is is is, is background. You just sort of working. Like people are still not even in the seats when the baseball game starts. Baseball baseball is a um, baseball is a long movie. Mm. Basketball base, basketball is like a quick one hour bam. It, it's 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 a it's as a producer basketball is more of a director's game baseball is a is a is a producer's game i can tell a story i can start in the first inning with check this out and then have the story play out over the game and a basketball game the game's going when zach levine dunks that's what we're showing but i get more hype doing a basketball game which was your first love basketball by far basketball by far so who's the person that like brought you into the basketball pool what player what family member what moment uh, uh, well we had a basketball hoop in front of the house i grew up in the south suburbs went to hillcrest and i uh, won't hold that against you yeah yeah oh no no trust me trust me the hf thing (laughs) it's all good it's all good it's takes years to wear off but yeah yeah you, you, you got a stank on you you got a stank on you that between you and jason y'all have worn a little bit of it off you know you all had the worst uniforms in sports the candy uh, stripes were kicking uh they so had the worst uniforms in sports <laughs> and uh you all beat probably the best team we had in our or one of the best teams in our school's histories uh and with jerry jones who was like jerry jones was the basketball player as a kid i watched play at hillcrest that made me wish I could play basketball. And then, uh, and, th- and then what's funny about the South Suburbs is we did a game recently where Jason was, uh, was on air, HF. Our director, uh, Dave Turner, is Rich Central. Wow. Our associate, our associate producer, uh, Tilly Park. And I was Hillcrest. And we were just sat there like, wow, the South Suburbs does not get enough love for the talent that the South Suburbs put out. Like, and we th- we'll throw you in as well. I mean... You had the whole sicker there. That, exactly right. Exactly right. There was no way we could have sat together 30 years ago. <laughs> no, that that's true. And, I mean, I, I understand, <laughs> like, you know, sure, HF is taking over Chicago broadcasting when you look at you have <laughs> myself, Jason Benetti, uh, Chuck oh. Garfine. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you no know, we're, we're all Ben Bradley. We're all over the place. You all had a better you all had a better studio than than than, than NBC Sports Chicago. No, no lie, man. <laughs> like I try to explain it to people. I try to explain it to people that even you know I came out of high school in '93, and I explained to people how when I got to DePaul, I was like, "So where's your radio station?" And they were like, "Oh, this is it." I was like, "No, for real. Like, where's your radio station?" Because no. You all had it going on. We did. We did. 1,500-watt station. It, they, I, I went back there. Me and Ben went back there for the 50th anniversary, and we were talking with the kids that are there now, and it's so far advanced. Like We were so ahead of the game walking out of high school that it's ridiculous. Oh, no. We were, like, okay, honestly, slightly jealous of y'all. I mean, I mean, I get it. I I was joking with someone the other day um, that (laughs) that at HF, one of your gym, there are two gym classes that are not 
like anywhere else. We had canoeing because we had a pond. (laughs) (laughs) And we had hockey. Not floor hockey, hockey hockey. See? And people like, how'd See? you have that? It's like, well, we had our own ice arena, so. And then people like, wait, what? Yeah. See. See, when I got the Cubs job, uh, Bob Vorwall called me in and said, "All right, you're our new Cubs producer." And as I was walking out of the room, he said, "And you'll be doing hockey as you'll be producing hockey as well." And that was a giant. Mm, excuse me. But those years doing hockey. First of all, the Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups, which. If you're going to do hockey, at least do the best team in hockey. And um, I learned a lot about producing, doing those. I, I learned a lot about hockey. <laughs> I learned a ton about producing as well because working with Ezzo was, that was intense. How do you explain the phenomenon of what the Blackhawks were during that run? Oh, Chicago loves winners. Chicago loves winners. When I was a kid, we watched the Chicago Sting play because the Chicago Sting won a championship. Carl Heinz Granitza. Chicago, I don't care. Oh, uh, Hans Matthew. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Paolo Marhetic. Yes. I, I, I can't tell you too much about so- soccer, but I knew that team because Chicago loves winners. DePaul, when, 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 when they were at their heyday, they were bigger than the Bulls. You know, Mark, I would, and to go back to her previous statement, Mark McGuire was that guy. That was the guy who I, when I was a kid, he was the hero because Mark McGuire was the best player I had ever seen at that point, And he was all Chicago. I wasn't an Isaiah fan, but it was all, it was Mark McGuire, to be honest with you. It's funny how I, I have these conversations with people about Zeke because I, I still harbor a lot of anger towards Zeke. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I know why, but you would think with all the good that he's done for the West side, Oh, yeah. And him being a Chicago legend, I would let it go. But I haven't been able to. Like, I I remember seeing him on on NBC Sports Chicago with Cap. And and they were and can I give Cap credit? Like he 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 said some stuff to Zeke that I probably would have said. And I can't I don't know why it just that era. It will not allow me to let it go. No, I I can't let it go. But. I will, if someone asked me who the best point guard I ever saw play, I have no problem saying it was Zeke. I just don't like him. Right. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? I, just, I, I find him to be, um, I don't know him personally, but I found him to be a guy I wouldn't trust. I mean, the, ask the people who ran the, uh, the CBA. Ask the New York Knicks. Ask Florida International. You know, he's got a track record. <laughs> I mean, dude, dude is not a great person. He was a great point guard, no doubt. That dude played on one leg and almost beat the Lakers. But, nah, he ain't my guy. He's not my guy. I just I just can't get over the Zeke thing. He's just, he was a bad dude. Bill Lambeer, he made me like Bill Lambeer once, okay? Wow. When it came down to those two, and when, 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 when he jaw-jacked Bill Lambeer, I was like, yeah, it was probably Zeke's fault. Because he just, something about him, man. I mean, give him credit. The dude was a, he was a, he was a baller. Love his mother too. I'm just not a Zeke man. <laughs> so let me let me go back to the Hawks for a second. It's not your sport. You yeah. hadn't been working in it. Mm-mm. How do you get yourself prepared to oh. produce what were some very significant hockey, to be honest hockey with you, games? To be honest with you, those were um those were stomach aches. Those were like those were real tough days. Those were like kind of like, can I do this? Because the thing I learned about hockey was they might not have the most fans, but the people who do like hockey, hockey know hockey. Like, you could sort of sneak by doing another sport. Like, with, the, with basketball, you know, the ball goes in the rim a lot. Mm-hmm. With hockey, it, you got to know why that goal was scored, how it was set up, and when to do certain things. My first game in Edmonton, the Blackhawks scored eight goals. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This was supposed to be like 3-1. This was not at that. <laughs> I, I was overwhelmed. Trust me. It was like, and and also like hockey, uh, it's a different world. I don't know if you know. Like, they didn't run into a lot of people out that look familiar. It was a different deal socially, uh, going to spending a lot of time in Canada. But some of the nicest players I've ever worked with in my life 
Um, Ed Olchek is a genius with hockey. And with anything what I'm doing, those guys are going to make me look good. So it just became a time I had to listen. And also hockey, in the end, it's a lot of three-on-one fast breaks. It's a lot of basketball. Keep the ball in the middle of the court and hit your wings. And then, like Edzo always said, shoot the puck. So I watched enough on it, enough of it to be able to get through it. But I won't lie to you. I'm, I wouldn't be my first choice to do again. <laughs> it's a, I mean, if you have a great hockey team, I could see it being a lot of fun. If, yeah. Yeah. if you have just a mediocre hockey team, I see it not being fun at all. It, it's, it's, it's just different. And it's, you know what? Honestly, it's fast. It's really fast. And the puck is really small. So if you didn't grow up watching the sport, you don't know the little nuances to watch for. Like in, in basketball, I can see a guy going to throw an alley-oop three blocks away. But in hockey, like, oh, I see he does right there. Does Edzo would tell me little things. Watch right there what he did. Like Edzo, Edzo made it, um, made the show a great show, honestly. The sh- everything that happened really well, it was Edzo helping me out and showing me. I mean, the, the dude knew what he was doing or knows what he's doing. Walk me through what communication is like between you, talent, director. Well, it, it's what it is. I'm constantly saying what we're going to do next, what we're going to do next. I'm, I'm in, I'm in a direct, the director usually has my script. We're doing open. If we're doing the game director just sort of listens for me to say when I want to do a replay, when we're going to do a promo or, or if we're going to break, how quickly we should go to break. What if I want to go to break with a, with a, with a, uh, with a replay with me talking to the talent, I'm in the talent's ear constantly the entire game. We're, we're, we're having a, we're having a background conversation, whether it's uh, coming up in a few seconds, I'm going to show you a replay of that or Stacy yelling back to me, Hey, go back two plays. I want to see that last alley-oop. I want to see that last pick. So there's, it's just a constant conversation going when one's not talking. Usually when there's a, when one of those guys aren't talking, I'm, I'm talking to them and vice versa. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I've really enjoyed what Adam Amin has brought to Bulls broadcast. And quite honestly, I look at him and Stacy and also the the pre and post game crew. And mm-hmm. there's been this this synergy that's happened yeah. between them and and the vibe that you get from Adam and from Jason, it's made it for a really cool environment between the back and forth. How yeah. do you see that as someone who's producing it's- all of it? It's the most fun I have had in television in my career. And it's really weird because it was during a pandemic. But we built what you dream of. It's fun to be on a three-man team, but it's even more fun to be on an eight-man team or a ten-man team. It's just a it's a big band. And we come to work, and it's like a big barbershop. Nobody's getting their hair cut, but everybody's just sitting there throwing out their own opinion. Uh and then don't try to come at somebody because we're going to come right back at you. It was a game um, late in the season, and uh, Jason had on some shorts, shorts, short pants where you can see his ankles. I remember. And so they're in the studio literally right on the other side of the other studio. And Jason says, uh, so, so uh, Stacy says to me in my ear, man, look at Jason's ankles. And I say, and we're back in like 10 seconds, and I'm counting Jason back out of break. And when I get to four, I say to Jason, man, Stacy said your ankle's a little rusty. Three, two, one, go. The look on Jason's face for the first four seconds. <laughs> no, like, no one at home knows what's going on right there. But Jason was like, I, 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 I. And, I and he knew that when he tossed back, it was coming. And as soon as he tossed it, Stacy was like, yeah, those ankles, what you've been doing, chicken powder donut. <laughs> and it's like, and that was four a joke that Jason made about Stacy a month earlier, where it's like, yeah, this is going to let it sit here and let us let it wait. It's, it's, 
I feel sorry for fans at home. They can't be there for the whole thing because it's it's like a sports bar. It's 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 so much fun. Like I've never had that team at WGN. It was more of a it was us three. It was me, Lynn, and and, and um, JD. With this, we have a full team, and no one's bigger than the other person. It's just it's it's a lot of fun. It seems it comes through, and there's something really joyous about mm-hmm. it. And and I think that it's happened on the television side too in White Sox games where yeah. Benetti has been able to bring about this this kind of fun. Not that yeah. I mean I'm I'm a Hawk Harrelson fan. Like I'm yeah. you yeah. know like I but yeah. there there it's different. And even Stoney seems lighter now it's, than he was. It's 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 not brain surgery. Okay? People tune into a game to usually take themselves away from the drama of their lives. So if they can't tune in for three hours, two hours, listen to two guys who are enjoying what they're doing, why would you want to listen? Like, we got enough of that on the news stations or whatever else is going on. Like, when you tune into a game, that's a getaway. That's literally, no matter how bad your day is, if your team wins, you're a winner for, for two hours. Like, I'm, 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 I rule the NBA. Like, yeah, okay, you might not get a ring in the mail, but still. For, for that little bit amount of time, your day is good. Or if you have if, if, if you want to take it out the other way, it's like, you know what? At least I'm not as bad as my team. It's it's a getaway. It's it should not be so 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 intense, so so serious. And I I love to hear uh Adam laugh because there's a genuine joy in his voice when he's laughing. Like that's not that's not fake. If you could just see Adam's feet are off the ground at that point. Like he is today, and Stacy always brought the fun, and Neil was wonderful. But Stacy is Adam makes Stacy have make sure his game is tight because he's not going to come there and have Adam be tight. He's not tight. Stacy keeps everything about Stacy is even tighter than it ever was. Like I don't care what the topic is, they're they're both coming at each other where it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you ain't getting me. So it's it's. I can't wait until we play ball again, which is like crazy because last year was intense, but I can't now. I, I miss those guys. And I, it's, it, it was that much fun. How much fun do you think it'll be when they really do? Cause they got what two games with crowds behind them. Um, yeah. What will it, yeah. what do you think? Oh. Doing games without fans. That was the hardest part of the pandemic because you don't realize how much, they are part of the show. Like they, the, the game sometimes is awful. And then you have the fans make the show sometimes. Like, I don't know how many times I, I looked and I was like, man, if we only have fans at the game tonight. Like at the other day, at, I was at the sale, um, the sale, excuse me, uh, guarantee rate Sunday. And about nine o'clock, I went and sat in the stadium in the stands. There was nobody else in the stands. I just sat there and it was like, I wanted to cry because it felt real again. I was sitting in the stands. It was a Sunday morning, and it was it was the Houston Astros were in town, so it was a ma- it was a major game, and it was like this place is going to be packed. It was like to me, the pandemic is now over, and that's how much the fans. The fans, it's it was fun. It was a, it was a good way to get through the pandemic, but it's everything with the fans. I try to explain to people every now and again the privilege that we have to be in stadiums when they're empty and what it feels like to be able to walk about, sit, look around, like see the sight lines and maybe even see the facility in a way that other people haven't seen it before. There's something magical about it. And for all of us that grew up loving sports, it's, it's hard to put into words like what it means. But if I were to take the average fan and not even say anything to them and just bring them in to Soldier Field two hours before a game starts, they would feel it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the, the guys watering stuff, the lines going in. It's, the, it, it's, 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 like, it's like going in a restaurant before when, when the people are just starting to bake and you can smell the bread cooking. You can't see it, but you know it's coming. You smell it. It's, it's the smell of the ballpark. It's just seeing all the vendors lined up like, that was like the saddest thing about coming into the ballpark last year. There were no vendors. We would, I, I'd go in and use the washroom and just look around. I was like, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life. It's 
it, 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 the, the liveliness of the ballpark with just those few people in the morning and the sun coming up. And it's, 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 and that was something I did 28 years ago. So to still to do it again, it just made all those memories come back. I made it a point on the air and with what happened to the Cubs, I don't know if it matters, but one of the things I was saying was it's very easy for Tom Ricketts to have walked into 2021 and looked at the Cubs strictly as a business because of the pandemic. Like, because he was coming mm-hmm. to empty ballparks every day. Yep. And he was just like, oh, okay, this is the team that I run. It's a business. We'll see if we win. I think that he he looked at it clinically last year and walking into this year, and it takes the experience of Wrigley and the amplifier that is Wrigley Field to maybe have him going, you know, maybe I should give Chris Bryant his money or maybe I should uh, give Javier Baez. I think those were easier things for him to dismiss if you're just talking about baseball theater and it just being a place where the TV show happens versus mm-hmm. actually getting the feeling of being there in person. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense. I also believe that in 2021, Chicago is different than it was in 1998. We are no longer not satisfied the same way we used to be. Like the Chicago fan base used to be one. You make the playoffs, you get an extension. Mm -hmm. We saw a dude get fired last year after making the playoffs. Like, think about that. Like, I mean, Joe Madden left. Joe Madden 20 years ago would have been the Cubs manager until the day he wanted to. But it's just a different, it's so many different people pinching at, the, at your buck and, and so many different things you can do. And I think he has to keep the, the Cubs good because there's still kids growing up who, not, who might be White Sox fans versus Cubs fans. Like the Cubs lost their built-in advantage with the WGN advantage they had of being national and being, but the world, now you can watch the White Sox in Iowa. You can watch them, everybody's worldwide. So I think that if, they have to continue to win. Because if not, maybe the Cubs just become another team. They they have won. It's no longer the 100-year curse. Mm. Now they are they're a team. that They have a great following. But they're no longer, oh, the, losing, the lovable losers. No, they went to the playoffs a lot. So once you do that, you can't stop going. Once you give them a taste of it, those people think that's supposed to happen every year now. You brought up. Like, just ask Bulls fans. Bulls won six championships. Everybody right now. Ask the people right now what they want. They need another ring. Oh, for sure. Because now there's at least one generation of fans. Like yes. you, you, you talk to a 25 year old about Michael Jordan, and they're like, yeah. I, I mean, he's Babe Ruth, right? Like, <laughs> he might as well yeah, be. Yeah, yeah he's right, a myth. Right. They didn't see that. Yeah. Like it's yeah, you're 100 percent right. No, no, it's it's. I I have enough. Um, 15 to 22 year olds in my life to know that <laughs> they can move on. They're like, yeah, that's cute. That's cute. No, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> I'm moving on, bro. I don't care about it. You got to be entertaining and you better be you, like, like that's, that, that's why I love Zach Levine. Cause it's entertaining. No matter what I, Zach does things I've never seen before in my life. For me as a producer, give it, a, I, I, I'm there to entertain and he gives me entertainment. That's why I love Tim Anderson for the same reason. Tim Anderson's an entertainer. He's so great. It's about entertainment. It's, it's entertainment. These people, you have, you're fighting for entertainment buck. I mean, win, yes, but entertainment as well. We both grew up in, in WGN in, in our careers. Mm-hmm. What, what was it like to see the door close on the Cubs and WGN television? Uh, it, well, it almost closed like three different times, so that made it a little bit easier because I kept I kept expecting that to end. We we were the last. Nobody else did. What we did. There was no there was no other city even split their coverage between stations. Most cities they're on a cable station and that's that. So we were living like ten years in the past, and but to have it end, it, it was it still hits me a little bit because. The two go together. When you get off the plane in Las Vegas, there's a um, WGN uh, mural on the wall. 
with uh, the Bozo the Clown and the Cubs logo. Like, that's a brand that they went together. So they separated them. I felt like it weakened the, it weakened both of them. Mm. You know, like either one has the same mystique that they had together. They were, it was amazing together. Like, come on, like you 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 watch. Uh, you still see people with like OWGN uh, cups. Uh, what is it? Uh, stickers. Where you're like, how long have you that sticker? Like that was they went. It worked. And I think that it's almost almost the same way that when um, the White Sox went to. Uh, Went to went to pay TV for. I think that the White Sox should take advantage of this window right now because right now things are even. I think the White Sox have a better team. I I I think you're right about that. That that things are even between. And kids don't kids don't know they're supposed to like the Cubs, you know. Speaking of breakups, and I guess reunions. What was it like for you to get back together with Lynn, but now you're both on the south side instead of the north side? That was crazy. That was like, it was, it was like, um, can you believe it? <laughs> that was just like, like constantly, like, can you believe it? But, I mean, Chicago is blessed right now. We have, like, the, this, just the last three days. Friday night, Jason Benetti called the White Sox game. Saturday, Adam Amin called the White Sox game. Sunday, Lynn Casper called the White Sox game. Okay. okay, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? That that that's 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 that's, that's just too. That's, you don't get three backups, really. Seriously, that's how we're rolling. Okay, all right. So so we got Adam Amin, Jason Benetti, and Lynn Casper, like three of the nicest guys to work with. Um, three of the most well-read. All three of them have, um, unlike most play-by-play guys, they all have a notebook that they walk around in their back pockets. They're walking around the field asking questions like they're a reporter. Like, and, they, and, like, you can bring up <laughs> any topic. Uh, they're, 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 they're like, what are you? Like, Wikipedia. Like, it doesn't matter. They, they're, 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 and they're all, like I said, great guys to work with. Three of the best guys in the world you can work with. But working back with Lynn just, <laughs> I still can't believe it. And 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 to be Estonia is who I started my career at WGN with. So to have both and and it was sort of like a thing we always wondered. Hey, what if Lynn and Estonia ever worked together? This was not the way we expected that to go down. No, <laughs> I never thought that could happen. But it's it's awesome, and I'm so proud of Lynn because Lynn did what so many. Everybody talks about doing what they want to do. Most folks don't do it. And usually, it's just talk. He had a desire to do radio. It wasn't something where, oh, I can't do TV anymore. It was in him that he all he, he liked the art form of radio. It wasn't something that was a step down from him. And he always looked at the White Sox as, why not the White Sox? It wasn't, it wasn't that, oh, I'm gonna leave the Cubs, but he always looked at, hey, the, why not the White Sox? I like how they treat the people. It's still in Chicago. My family lives in Detroit. I get to go to Detroit three times a year. I've done the Cubs thing. Why not? And if you listen to that radio broadcast, it's one of the best ones you'll ever hear. I mean, like, <clears throat> he paints a picture, and DJ, DJ's awesome. So sometimes you got to do what you want to. Was it there ever any part of you that wanted to be talent? No, because I, like I like to pull strings too much. Okay. I, I enjoy being the puppet master. <laughs> Nothing makes me feel better. <laughs> Then saying something in their ears and then have, have, having them say it immediately, like to the point where sometimes they won't even know they said it. Like, I like running the show. I'm a control freak. And when you're on air, you're giving up a bit of control. And I, I, I like that control. So, yeah, I, I like being the one when I'm working with the right person. It feels like I am on the air. Is there anything that you haven't done in this business production wise that you'd like to do? You know, I've produced every team in Chicago except for the Bears, because the Bears is a different beast. NFL is a different production. I would love to have something to do with maybe one of their games at some point. I did uh I did fulfill a Bears dream when I was uh uh Walter Payton uh right before Emmett broke Walter's uh record. Uh ABC uh, Monday Night Football needed a field producer just to go out to interview Walter. 
So I got to interview Walter Payton. He pinched me like 14 times during the interview. Oh, my God. He was, was, he was the king of doing that. And literally, that was my sports god. That was the one of anybody. Like, Walter Payton was, when I started watching sports, Walter Payton was, led the NFL in rushing. He wore rouge. He kicked his feet up in the air when he scored a touchdown. He had a jerry curl. He was everything to me. So to, to, to interview Walter and then have him pinching me the whole time where you're like, dude, I can't sit. I, I'm terrified right now. And you won't stop tickling me. Like, this is the craziest thing in the world. Because so, he had, like, the strongest hands ever. And he was, it was sweetness. I mean, you looked at him. You're like, this dude, this is Walter Finn. He, was a, he looked exactly the same as he did when he played. Uh, I, so, like, literally, my dream would have been to interview him. And, I mean, I've literally been around three, like, the biggest icons of Chicago sports. I got to produce um, Big Hurt. Frank Thomas was doing the game for us the other day, and I was the producer. And I was just like, dude, I was terrified of you when you was playing for the White Sox. Like, I go in the clubhouse, and I just look at you and be like, no, nah, I'm good. I talk to somebody else. And I was like, and you're a teddy bear. So it's – it's, I don't know what what next I, I would want to do in sports in Chicago. This has been a great era in Chicago sports. I've seen every team in Chicago win while I've been working in sports media in Chicago. It's like it doesn't get any better than this. I talked with a lot of students. The podcast kind of grew out of me having lessons that I can bring to students from people who are actually in the business. So many of them want to be talent. What would you tell yeah. them about the importance and the fun of being a producer? I'll explain to them, first of all, that there may be two people on the air, but there's a full crew behind them. So the there's a ton more opportunities. And don't always look for what, what glitters the glow. Sometimes there's a lot more. I get to do more because I'm not on the air. Because I'm not on the air, I have done Chicago Blackhawks. I've done Chicago Bulls. I've done the Chicago White Sox. I've done Chicago Cubs. If I was on the air, I'd probably be in Iowa right now. I mean, I've had the opportunity because of being behind the scenes to go places I'd never... I traveled with the Chicago Blackhawks, the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago White Sox, Chicago Cubs on the team plane. I felt like a major leaguer pretty much a, a good portion of my career. And those are things that you don't think about as being a producer. Plus, you get to create. I get to decide what people see. And that's just as powerful being on the air sometimes. I thank you so much for this, man. I really, really oh, do. My pleasure, honestly. Really my pleasure. This is awesome. I'm glad that we got a chance to to really talk about your career because you're yeah, I don't even know if you realize like how much your name is mentioned like around town. It's like <laughs> you know, in, in in glowing terms, you know, talking That's about cool. how cool. important you are to the business. So it's significant That's to have cool. you on my podcast. Well, I've been blessed. I've been truly blessed. I've I've grew up in Chicago and I've been living a dream my entire life. So all I do is wake up every day and pinch myself and chuckle like, <laughs> can't believe it. So I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, kind sir. All right. You have a great one, man. You too. Have a great trip. I'll talk to you. So, yeah, man, I told you those stories were legit. And this is the guy that I think, for those of you who aren't front-facing, and the thing is that if Mark wanted to be front-facing, he could. He's got the personality, he's got the temperament for it, he's got the knowledge to do it. If, if he wanted to be front-facing instead of behind the scenes, it could easily be done. But I love hearing those types of stories. Really getting, Mark gets, to, because he's behind the scenes, he gets to, there's a fly on the wall element to some of these great moments in the history of sports in Chicago that he gets to be a part of. The only sad thing, like as a White Sox fan, is they get ready to go into the postseason is knowing that all the broadcasts are going to be national broadcast. And if you go back and listen to the episode that I did with Len Casper, it's part of the reason that he found himself over on the South Side because you spend all that time with the team as a television person, and then once the playoffs come, 
the national production team takes over and you're just screwed. You don't get that moment outside of the the clinch moment when the team makes the playoffs. So I'm glad that Mark was able to share some of his some of his knowledge and his passion for the stuff that they do and you you can see how fun those shows and those games are that that he produces and I'm so happy that he had time to hang out here with me. These are these are the fun episodes, man. This is this is the type of episode exactly why House of L was started. So that I could bring you people like this and add them to your so you're like, yeah, the next time Jason Benetti mentions Mark Brady, you're going to know exactly who he is. And and now you'll understand why the broadcasts go off the way that they do. And I couldn't be happier that he had time to be on the podcast. Big thanks to him. Big thanks to David Hochberg and Team Hochberg. If you're buying a new home or refinancing a new one, call David, 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. I'm telling you, they're not just an advertiser. I use them. And in every house that I've bought, they've been right there with me and they've helped me. And it's been great. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. We'll have another episode coming up for you later on this week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Peace. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals 24. That's Chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.